Daily Podcast. I'm Rob Katz, and this week's issue discusses housing at Tufts, and specifically the project now known as the Junior-Senior Wood-Framed Residences, formerly known as Cape and Village. The Junior-Senior Wood-Framed Residences are a block of 15 houses between Winthrop and Fairmount Street near Wren Hall that are scheduled to be converted from former administrative offices and housing for Tufts staff and faculty into student housing. Around 150 beds will be created by the end of the development, and students will be able to select the theme for each of their houses. The first segment will be completed by the fall of 2018 and will consist of five houses with 45 singles. I'm Armand Smigelski. With Tufts enrollment increasing, the university has been looking for ways to increase housing on campus. According to Matt Austin, Associate Director of Housing Operations, on January 22nd, there was a current waitlist of over 500 students looking for on-campus housing. We spoke with two key students in the development of the junior-senior wood-framed residences, Benya Kraus, TCU president, and Jamie Nikiri, chair of Senate's Administration and Policy Committee, to discuss the future of housing at Tufts and ways to rethink how space is used and how we can build greater school spirit and make housing more accessible. We also spoke with Shane Woolley, president of Tufts Housing League, a subsidiary group of Tufts Progressive Alliance that works to address and provide solutions for on-campus housing availability while taking into account the interests of nearby communities in Medford and Somerville. THL has been wary of the new development along Capon Street and its potential precedent for the future of housing at Tufts. As a side note, because my interview with Shane was held prior to Armand's interview with Benya and Jamie, we were not aware that Cape and Village would be renamed shortly afterward. As a result, when Shane or I refer to Cape and Village, we are still discussing the junior-senior wood frame residences. Emily Tran is a new member of the cast, but couldn't be here because she's lost her voice, and we're looking forward to having her on our next podcast. We hope you enjoy, and thank you for listening. So we're here today with Jamie Nikeri, the head of the Senate Administration Policy Committee. Hi, how's it going? And with Benya Kraus, TCU president. Hey, what's up? And we're here to discuss Capen, formerly known as Capen Village, but now known as the Junior Senior Wood Framed Housing Residences. Oh, wait, we can read that. <laughs> Close enough. So the first question I have for you guys is. Why this is the solution? Yeah, well, I can take a stab at that one. Um, So, I mean, this wood frame residences is trying to meet multiple objectives. One, first and foremost, is to bring more juniors and seniors back to on-campus housing, especially with the rising cost of rent. Uh, It's really important that we start bringing more juniors and seniors back onto campus um, and that they have that, you know, housing accessibility there. Um, But also, uh, it's supposed to serve as a way to socially integrate juniors and seniors, upperclassmen who usually aren't very connected to the campus, back to the Tufts community. And I think also another key objective is 
to think of how we can imagine what co-living looks like, how we can communicate across difference by living across difference. Um, and I think the apartment style and the shared backyard uh, are both physical aspects of this housing project that can really lend itself to reimagining how we interact with our fellow Tufts students. Just to add on to Benya's point, I think that one of the advantages of the model that we're considering is the idea of having uh, themed housing based around student interests. Um, we've been taking a lot of looks at what school spirit looks like at Tufts and the idea of having these like fun uh, themed houses based around different models of social interaction, whether that is um, whether your idea of social interaction has to do more with parties or has to do with games or um, any kind of social event, I think that the idea of having these different types of themed housing will really um, energize the Tufts uh, social experience. Mm -hmm. And what was the origin of the idea for these wood frame residences? Yeah, so it's coming off of a housing study that the university conducted uh, through Sasaki, uh, Sasaki Associates. And Sasaki found that there was a really big need to increase the number of housing opportunities, uh, especially for upperclassmen. Um, and that was just kind of like the logistical, you know, like physical needs demand. So, you know, the the blueprint uh, or, you know, the early formation of this apartment uh, village, which is what they called it, came from that study. But now we're kind of uh, coming in when we're trying to now trying to imagine what the programmatic aspects are. So I'd say like the built aspects of it have been, you know, in in under wraps for you know the past two years, and and the construction will happen regardless. But now it's it's really important for us to think as students, what do we want programmatically uh, these apartment clusters to look like. I know there's a large housing shortage the university is dealing with, and the amount of beds projected from this development may not be enough. Do you think there's more the university could and should do? I think that we are not looking at um, at the junior-senior wood frame residencies as a uh, panacea to the fact that Tufts doesn't have enough housing. Uh, it is just one step in that process. I know that Tufts is also evaluating um, other housing uh, on campus, looking looking at um, whether it's uh, houses that were traditionally used for uh, Greek life or um, the potential to renovate or build new dorms. So this is just one part of a much bigger process. But like Benya said, uh, it's specifically targeting juniors and seniors and trying to get those people back on campus. Yeah, and I think if, you know, depending on how we see these wood frame residences turn out, like do st students like living there? What kind of environment are we going to create? Is it something we can replicate on another part of campus? Mm -hmm. uh, what's exciting about this project is that it is new and it's a new take to what housing looks like at Tufts. And it's really in our hands as students to think about how we're going to shape that and if we want to use this as a best practice and model for future uh, housing models at Tufts. So there have been concerns among some at Tufts, namely the Tufts Housing League, that this is kind of the first step in like a invasion, quote unquote, like to paraphrase, of the surrounding community. Would you say that, or 
How do you think the university should accommodate a you know rising student body? I think the freshman class was it had three hundred students more than the past year, with concerns about by neighboring towns such as Medford and Somerville about students kind of taking over their neighborhoods. Yeah. Well, I think. A really important goal to highlight with this project is that it needs to be a mutually beneficial relationship between Medford residents and Tufts students. And when we're looking at, you know, what type of living community we want to create, it's also up to students to make sure that we are being mindful of what impact we're having on the community. Um, with that said, the houses that are going to be part of these wood-framed uh, residences uh, are already Tufts-owned, or they're owned by the subsidi uh, subsidiary uh, called Walnut Hill Properties. Um, so that means that all of these houses uh, are... Uh, either being used right now as Tufts academic or departmental offices. Um, I believe one might be, be used, uh, one is being used for graduate housing, and then others are being used to uh, house faculty and staff uh, as kind of what the university offers as short-term, uh, you know, transitory housing for, for faculty members. Um, so uh, that being said, while these are Tufts-owned properties, they are located in the hillside neighborhood of Medford. Um, and this is a historical neighborhood. It used to be, you know, really connected to Hillside School, which is a few streets over from these residences that are, is no longer a school, but definitely has that rich history. So um, I think it's important when we're designing what programming and even how it's going to be built um, or, you know, renovated or enhanced, I should say, that it does really keep the historical feel of the neighborhood um, and retains that hillside neighborhood dimension and is very mindful that even if it's a Tufts-owned house, you may be living next to a Medford resident. Um, so how can we really enhance those relationships, be respectful towards them? And, you know, maybe this will be an opportunity to really uh, bridge the differences between students and, and Medford residents. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think that... Um a lot of times uh, we do not think about as students how our activities impact the community around Tufts. And the idea of having themed housing, I think, is uh, with with events planned from each house, uh, each wood-framed residence, whatever you want to call it, uh, I think that that is an idea that could serve the community as well. The fact that we could be having events that uh, benefit the community as well as Tufts students. So I, I couldn't agree more about Benya's statement that this needs to be a mutually beneficial experience. Anything else you feel is important to talk about for the state of housing at Tufts or Brown and Blueprint moving forward? Yeah, so, I mean, Brown and Blueprint is an initiative that uh, is student-led and has emerged from the Administration and Policy Committee. Um, it's separate but connected to uh, the plans for the Woodframe residences. Brown and Blueprint um, is an initiative to evaluate uh, how students are building community or aren't able to build community due to their physical spaces. So it's a holistic assessment of how students are using spaces on campus. Um, and then from those lessons, those, you know, what we're seeing in terms of spatial inequity and like inequity and in social capital tied to your space, um, lessons we learn from that, we can then apply uh, in thinking about how the Woodframe residences can be programmed. So again, they're separate, but they are very connected because it's asking a bigger question of, how, how do we gather as students? How do we meet other people? How are our interactions 
uh, both, both impacted by and contributing to how we build physical spaces. So is there a way that we can physically build uh, a closer and more inclusive community on campus? And so I think Woodframe Residences right now is getting at that question of how can we build in community at Tufts? Yeah, and we on Senate this year are really trying to understand what you guys as students uh, want from your social and physical spaces at Tufts. And there we've created a number of different ways in which you can share that experience. Uh, we have signs around campus, hopefully you've seen some of them, that have numbers where you can text feedback. We have a website, co-urbanized, where you can go on and map your comments onto buildings at Tufts. And... Uh, we can also be available for one-on-one -on -one meetings, uh, the Administration Policy Committee. So really, we are just trying to get your feedback, and all of this is going to go into helping us and future Senates understand better what our social spaces should look like. And like Benya said, that's going to affect the junior-senior Woodframe residencies, but it's also going to hopefully uh, apply to study spaces in the library and uh, new buildings that Tufts is looking at constructing. So, you know, we really just need your feedback to help make Tufts a more welcoming environment for all students. Yeah, and, and just to also paint a picture of where we are going and what opportunities there are to provide feedback. You know, Jamie talked about co-urbanize, but the, the purpose of that is we're trying to collect a lot of different experiences into a report and then present it formally to members of the administration. So, thinking about the community aspect of the spaces they're building will be at the forefront of their minds in these new projects that and uh, that they're looking at as well as already existing projects and how they can enhance the student experience. Um, so that's one aspect to give your involvement. I am also involved in the Urban Environmental Planning Field Project team alongside three other master's students in the Urban Studies or, or the, in the UEP program. And we're looking specifically at understanding programmatic elements for the Woodframe residences. So there's an undergraduate-wide student survey coming out in the next few weeks. Be sure to keep an eye on that and, uh, and, and take that survey. There's also different focus groups happening, and we're willing to expand this too. So if you have any questions at all, um, just feel free to message us, and we'll put you in contact um, with the people and, and the places where you can give your feedback. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming in. It was great hearing about uh, the future of housing at Tufts. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. listening in on episode two of the Tufts podcast here on state-of-the-art equipment that we found in uh, the Tisch Library Digital Design Studio. I'm here now with TLC Tufts Housing League co-organizer uh, Shane Woolley. Yes, hello. Shane, how's it going? It's going well. I just have to, uh, for conflict of interest's sake, say that I do work at the Tufts Digital Design Studio, and for uh, my job's sake, uh, maybe give me a bonus now that I'm advertising this on a podcast. Mark, thanks. Pretty cool. Cool. Uh, <laughs> great. Um, so if you wouldn't mind explaining a little bit first about what Tufts Housing League does for people who aren't aware of it, I understand that it's a fairly new group. It is, yeah. So um, essentially what we do is we're, we're worried about prices of off-campus housing for Tufts students and for community members in Somerville and Medford. Um, that's kind of been the drive behind how we started organizing. But in that time, 
since I think November we've been examining this topic, uh, we've also come across other issues with the Tufts housing system that we hope maybe we can address uh, as a coalition. And so I'll get into more about how we've been reaching out to different groups on campus, but um, essentially we got started, me uh, and this guy, Nate Krinsky, who is mm -hmm. the head of TPA, Tufts Progressive Alliance. Um, we started talking uh, mainly about our it's just a pain to get housing on campus. We started talking about that. Um, and I'm in Tufts UP3, which is Urban Planning, Prosperity, and Policy, mm -hmm. or some combination of those Ps. I forget the order. But uh, it's a great club. We talk about issues of um, gentrification a lot. And so uh, that kind of came together with the issues that students have finding off-campus housing. Um, and we found out that they're very interrelated. Um, the pressure that tough students put on the market in Somerville and Medford uh, leads to neighborhoods completely changing their characters over time. Um, and so we realize that this is something where our interests as students and the interests of our neighbors are really closely aligned and we want to uh, do something to address both of our problems uh, at once. Mm -hmm. And so what are some of the projects that you've started? Yeah, so uh, our main campaign that we're, we're trying to kick into gear right now is uh, build the dorm. So we're trying to get Tufts to at some point build a dorm probably in the next five to ten years um, and we think this, this is probably the best solution to solving the housing shortage on campus. Mm -hmm. So if I could kind of paint you a picture like a model of um, what the problem is, is that we are a campus of about 5,000 5,500 students on Tufts campus. Um, and we only have about 3,200 beds. So you can do the math. There's a shortage of about 2,000 beds on campus. Um, and, you know, some people like to live off campus, and so this is fine for them. They just go off, find off-campus housing. But compared to other peer institutions, like, for instance, Brown, um, or if you think Harvard is a peer institution, Harvard, we don't house as many uh, students, and we could do a lot better because what it does is it gives us a really bad reputation with local residents. So um, because of the shortage, like I was going back to that, 2,000 bed shortage, um, students drive into the off-campus market, and that's 2,000 students looking for housing in the, in the surrounding neighborhoods. And over time, landlords have learned to kind of capitalize on that. And um, we've heard stories from the West Somerville Neighborhood Association about how, like the people that have stayed there, tell us about how many people have left. Mm -hmm. And um, it's it, to, to hear them talk about how their neighborhood was like drastically changed by this dynamic, is it's, it's sad. And it's also kind of, it's messed up because in a lot of cases, the people, the landlords that are selling to Tufts students were Tufts graduates who then came in, had a lot of money, bought up some houses, and then kicked out the people that were living there to sell them to and rent them to Tufts students. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So... Um, we just think that this, this dynamic is not only like, you know, unjust for the people in the surrounding areas, but unsustainable for Tufts as well. Prices are going to go up. You, everyone's seen it for the past five years. You know, I had, uh, I'm going to a new apartment in the fall and my rent's going to go up by 80 bucks. Mm -hmm. Now that I'm doing the math, 80 bucks. It's like, that's unsustainable for students. Um, and Tufts uh, is going... Well, so that's unsustainable for students now. 
just wait till the green line gets here. The green line extension, you know, the project that never ends and never begins, um, should be coming in around 2021, they say now. Um, and if it does, prices are going to skyrocket even more. So um, we're trying to make sure that Tufts realizes that this is a problem for them too. They subsidize uh, kids on financial aid who um, get money to live off campus um, to pay those rents. It's not going to be good for them. Best for them to build a dorm uh, sooner rather than later before their property values also increase. So that's our main campaign right now in a long-winded form. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And so the solution, uh, a solution that uh, THL is not so happy with, it's not building the dorm, uh, it's uh, the Cape and Village project. And I'm curious, you've been, you and uh, Nate have both been uh, cited by The Daily before, and I was wondering if you could reiterate now in February how you're looking at that project. Sure. Uh, Cape and Village or the dorm? Cape and Village. Cape and Village, yes. Um, glad you asked. Um, so I guess I want to just clarify that we're not against the idea of Cape and Village. We like the fact that uh, members of the TCU Senate and the Tufts administration are realizing this is a problem, this shortage of uh, housing on campus. And we appreciate the fact that they're doing something to address that. However, the method that they're doing it in is not sustainable either, um, and also not just. So we've got uh, the Cape and Village. These buildings were already owned by Tufts, um, and they had uh, people living in them, uh, staff and faculty uh, that are employed by Tufts, uh, that they now are kicking out. Um, and you know, it wasn't they didn't have like leases that they're uh, violating. Like they're, this was the end of their lease. Uh, they were told in advance, but there are people in these communities uh, whose lives are going to be uprooted, mm -hmm. um, and they're going to also have to just be, they're, they're going to move somewhere else in the surrounding neighborhoods um, and just continue to perpetuate the cycle of uh, people from the Tufts campus moving off campus and displacing more people. Um, it's really just like, uh, I think the comparison we made uh, when we talked to Liam Knox about this was um, the university basically like blowing their leaves into their neighbor's yards. They're just not dealing with the problem. Um, we've heard uh, stories that uh, we haven't confirmed yet that Tufts is going to actually provide housing for these people um, yes. that currently live in Cape and Village. The, uh, the idea is that you can... Uh, you are given access to living anywhere in any of the other Walnut Hill properties? Correct, yes. They're going to do that. Uh, essentially, Walnut Hill is the vanguard for Tufts buying up properties in the area uh, and expanding their footprint into surrounding neighborhoods. Um, so they're, they're going to put up people in Walnut Hill properties, and then Walnut Hill down the line what's to stop them from continuing to just keep buying up properties, especially if they continue this model of moving students into Walnut Hill properties and then moving the people from those properties into new Walnut Hill properties. It, you can kind of see that kicking the can down the road kind of mentality. Um, so we don't think that's sustainable. And frankly, it just we have enough space on campus to build a new dorm. We don't know why that isn't something that their the administration is trying to do. Um, you know, they're going to say, we don't have the money for this. Um, 
there, there aren't the resources. It's very expensive to build in Boston, which is like, you know, fair. That's valid. Your administration, you're trying to like lower your costs and do what your donors are trying to say. Um, but we're trying to show them that this is a priority for students. This is a priority for members of the community in Somerville and Medford. Um, and hopefully if we present a good enough case to the administration, they can realize that, you know, this is in their best interest as well. Uh, and we can change their calculations as to what they should do with their money. Um, you know, I've heard talks about potential sports complexes uh, being built in the near future. Um, you know, I'm sure there are donors uh, who are on the hockey team and swimming teams who would push for something like that. But, um, you know, honestly, they're not going here at the moment. They don't see the problems that students are facing with off-campus housing and on-campus housing. Um, and we think that uh, the dorm is a better bet. And you say it's also in the school's interest. What do you mean by that? So uh, it's, it's, it's in the school's interest because, uh, like I said, they have to pay um, some of, they, they subsidize some low-income students uh, who are on financial aid here if they have to live off campus. Mm-hmm. Um, and right. so they have to subsidize that. If rents keep going up as they will, um, then they're going to have to keep paying more. Um, not only that, like building a dorm, like a dorm, they get money for that. They, you know, they don't just build a dorm and then students like fill it. The students that are living there are paying board, you know, uh, they're paying f- to be lodged in that dorm. And so they're making money off of building dorms, essentially. Uh, you know, I, I don't know the exact calculations. Um, as to what they would make back from it if they break even, if they'd come up a little short. But it's not like it's like this sink, you know, that they're mm-hmm. just pouring and pouring money in and not getting any in return. Um, and eventually, you know, they're, they're, we're an expanding university. Uh, we've increased enrollment uh, almost every year for the past 10 or so years. Um, we're buying up SMFA. We've been increasing uh, enrollment also over the past 10 years, uh, every year almost. Um, And so we're an expanding university. Uh, At some point, we're going to have to deal with uh, this overcapacity of students, and we're going to have to build a dorm at some point. The longer we wait, the more property values are going to go up, uh, and the more expensive it will be for them to build a dorm. Um, And so, you know, now's the time. Um, The People in Medford, people in Somerville, elected officials there want this to happen. Um, Their constituents want this to happen, and students want this to happen. So, um, you know, we think it's high time that they make it a priority. Mm. And so when THL moves forward with this uh, Mm. and they push for this uh, Build-A-Dorm project, what are the kinds of areas, what areas uh, do you think are open to that that Tufts could be looking at? Um, Yes. So we've got a research team that we're building right now to look into these issues. Um, But about, I think, 2006, uh, Tufts hired an outside architectural firm to do a um, plan, basically. Uh, It's called the William Ron Plan. You can look this up. Um, And they detail areas that could be developed in the future for Tufts. Mm -hmm. You know, not necessarily for a dorm, but, you know, also possibly for a dorm. Um, there are areas like Fletcher Field uh, was highlighted. Don't know how realistic that is because of all the, the sports infrastructure there. Um, but we also know that like the space between West Hall and Lane Hall um, was being looked at at some point. And then also like the Hill parking lot, Hill Hall parking lot uh, was another potential area. So 
Um, we're a pretty dense campus, but there is space for sure to build something like this. Okay, and do you have any idea when more uh, updates from the group are going to come out in terms of what the research team has figured out? We're going to see. Um, we're, we're currently in talks with uh, Tufts Enigma, uh, which is a data research journal here on campus. Uh, they've done some great work in the past. We're hoping that they can lend us some of their manpower and expertise to find, uh, to dig deep and find the data that we need mm -hmm. um, to justify like what we're saying. We know that rents are going up, but we don't have granular data to kind of support that. Um, it's kind of anecdotal at this point. So we're hoping that'll both uh, bolster that argument. Um, but, you know, they once we get that in motion, it'll probably be about uh, late March, early April that we're hoping to start publishing stuff and getting it out there. Okay, wonderful. Any, uh, any last remarks? Uh, come to our meetings. Sign up uh, if you're interested. Um, we will be meeting on Thursday nights at 7.30 p.m., uh, not a.m., that would be awful, and we're location to be determined, but join our Facebook group, Tufts Housing League, uh, and then you can be updated all, on all this stuff. All right, wonderful. Shane, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for having me.